Welcome to another edition of Eusebius on Times Live. And in this edition, we're going to be talking about the South African Communist Party. They held their Congress recently, obviously at Birchute, where else? In Boxburg, you know, that's where they love hanging out. They've got a new leadership. I'm hesitating to say that because actually they were playing musical chairs. But I want to ask a fundamental question about the SACP, whether or not it is still, if ever, after 1994, fulfilling its historical mandate vis-a-vis Marxism or socialism more broadly. And what caught my attention, besides my own interest in this question as a political analyst for Times Live, is also a column that landed this week on news24.com by one of my favorite columnists, Mbazima Shilowa, and it is provocatively entitled, The SACP, followed by a question, an independent force of the left, or an ANC parasite. Now, I asked him to be in conversation with me, not just because he's a really good columnist, but also we have in Mbazima someone who understands the tensions within the tripartite alliance as the former general secretary of Kosatu, but also as the premier of this absolutely beautiful, brilliant province of ours, Gauteng. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. Mr. Chiloa, it's great chatting to you again. Thanks so much for making time for us on Times Live. No, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Eusebius. And uh, let's get going. Let's get straight into the first question. Why are you laughing at the SACP for not wanting to participate in the elections as a self-standing party? Because I think if the Communist Party says that it is the party of the left, it's a party of the working class, it represents the proletariat I would argue that there's no better time when the proletariat, the working class, is under such difficult circumstances that it would be looking forward to an SACP standing up over there. But of course, it is clear that the SACP fears voters and doesn't fear voters like a party should, you know, where you are so fearful of the voters that you do everything they want. There is so much fear the voters that they're not even willing to go and test whether what they see in the mirror is a, is a reality. So I think for me that's a difficulty. Secondly, Kosatu have always worked on the assumption, well, we have the ANC, we know it's a liberation movement, it won't move as fast as it does, but the Communist Party is what we're going to be standing with. So Kosato has got a difficulty. One side, the ANC does as it wishes. 
more poverty, more unemployment. They go to complain in their own uh, meetings. Nobody listens to us and all of that. Communist Party, where they would be saying, okay, guys, these guys don't listen to us. Here is our natural home. We, we have workers. There's a broader working class. They're also saying to them, no, can't, guys. Uh, we worried we won't be able to have enough blood to suck from this uh, cow called the ANC. So we're not going to go alone, and that's where we're going to be. So that's really why. I'm not laughing. I just find it incredible that many of us have long said they're not going to do it. They've always threatened. And they've now today said, well, guys, you were all right. It was all talk. Let's try and examine their logic if we were attempting to spin. And you rehearse some of their logic and then you quibble with their logic. One argument they've run for a long time, Mbazima, is that it is best to be on the inside and help to protect the ANC from rapacious capital rather than contesting on your own, leaving the behemoth that is the ANC intact and leaving it open to being appropriated by capital. What do you make of that position? I've got no difficulty uh, if that is the position you take and then you say, therefore, what we're going to do is to become a voice inside the ANC working for socialism. We accept that it's not going to happen in our lifetime. We will work to conscientize workers and all of that. It's fine. You don't give false hope to workers. You go to a conference five years back and you say, no, no, we are going to stand on our own. You even register and pay and then go and try your luck in one municipality in Metsimaholu. You get one seat there. You get given the position of mayor. You're not able to deliver. You don't say, guys, this thing is not for us. Therefore, let's move. So I don't have a difficulty. It's like the Greens in uh, Sweden. The Greens accept, look, we'll never be in government. But they would say, no one is championing this green agenda. We're going to champion it. And uh, whoever um, you know wins or doesn't win, if they need our, uh, our votes in parliament, we are going to give them. They don't try to lie about it. So, you see, yes, I've got no difficulty. If they say, we're not going to stand for the elections, these are the reasons. We don't want to give the ANC away. We build this ANC. Some of people have died on it. And that's where the story ends. And then say, okay, but do we really need such elaborate structures? Or should we just work with Cosato on the one hand and the ANC on the other hand and then conscientize workers? That they can do. Well, for me, as an analyst, whether they achieve on the first attempt to defend themselves, being in cahoots with the ANC, we don't want the ANC to be taken over by capital or not, whether they succeed or not is an empirical question of fact. And enough time has now passed almost 30 years later for us to then examine whether that has indeed been the case. And from where I'm standing, the ANC is everything that the political report of the party says it has a problem with, such as, for example, neoliberal macroeconomic policy commitments. 
And I don't think that there are returns on the investment in the alliance for socialism, let alone Marxism. Which brings me to the second defense that I normally get from these dual membership candidates. And I've been given this defense ever since I entered the media space in my 20s, which is to say, yeah, sure, to your point, Mbazima, we might not get socialism in our lifetime, but we're able to make policy gains, practical gains. And yet the party ends the Congress last week with yet another resolution that it would be really cool to take just one policy example to have universal basic income grant in South Africa. How would you read empirically the relationship between the SACP and the ANC? Is there enough evidence that, in fact, the fingerprint of socialism and socialism thinking is all over government policy and the state of the state? If I was in the Communist Party, I too would be able to find, you know, things I can show to you that suggest we're taking things there. But that's not the truth. And I think the problem is not the SACP, I would argue. I think the problem is both the SACP and the ANC not being honest with each other. You see, If the ANC said, we've got no interest in pursuing socialism, but we want to be, to go for liberal democracy as a social democratic um, political party alongside those Sweden, Denmark, and all of those. Because, uh, you know, the whole thing of universal healthcare, there's nothing socialistic about it. Uh, Boris uh, Johnson, who is now going out, could uh, tell you more about universal health. Even George Bush, you know, spoke something about those things. So I think sometimes we use access to education, health, and all of that basic income as they are not socialist thinking. They are about can we improve the quality of life employ people into jobs, Mm. create a middle class Mm. which is able to be in government. So if both were to be honest that, look, that's really what we are trying to pursue, then you would know under those circumstances, you expect a a mixed economy in which there'll be a a private sector in some areas because it is weak or not willing, you legislate, you will have a strong state sector in some areas, it provides those services. In some areas, it legislates, forces the others. You look, I don't know if you have been to Switzerland, there's a chain called um, Migos, Migros. Now, Migros, I tell people, is a co-op, but you find it across all of uh, Switzerland. So I'm saying that they can point out on those. Maybe before 96, they could point out to all of those, but from 96, when the government said, look, this is our, is our marker on the ground, and that's where we're going to. From that point, Communist Party has been always just saying, okay, Tabombeki is the problem, never the ANC, Zamu, Zuma is coming. 
But can I, can I just interject here and ask you this question, Bazima, because I think what yes. you're saying is really fascinating, that there are certain public goods that are good regardless of whether you are a capitalist or a Marxist, a socialist or a liberal democrat, such as yes. making sure your workforce is highly educated and therefore that your public education system is good. You can't claim that to be a socialist victory a priori. If that is true, and I think it is true, what for you would be success criteria of socialist gains? I wouldn't be able to say there are socialist gains brought about by the existence of the SACP. They would be there because, remember, even... No, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is if we did just theorizing strategically going forward, what, what are the real success criteria before the SACP can claim that they have socialist victories. If you and I agree, having a nice public hospital, having good quality basic education are not intrinsic to socialism, then it raises the question in terms of ideal theory, what would be evidence of socialism? I think it's a little bit difficult because all we'll be able to go is to go theoretical. In practice, in this day and age, anyone who says, I'm for socialism, they will then say to you, look at um, China. Now, you know, China is everything but socialist. But it mounts such a... So if, if for you, socialism is state ownership of the means of production, then sure, we'll be able to get it so I'm not even sure that's really how I would set up the criteria. I would say we are a part of socialism, but we accept that, look, since the fall of the Soviet Union, what we thought was socialism really has fallen. We know there are elements of it in Cuba. We can find something in, in China and all of that. But let's look into South Africa and say we don't have a well developed rural area. We don't have a proletariat that really can stand up and rise against capitalism. So therefore, our focus must be on how do we bring everybody else, including that proletariat, including the middle class, conscientize it such that even though it is enticed by elements of um, you know, capitalism, it understands that, look, we need much more than simply gains, you know. So that's where I would go to, because then you avoid this thing of isms as well as uh, particularly uh, a theory. I think that's a problem that if the Communist Party was to face up and say, you see, one of the best things that Slovo did for the Communist Party was in the early 90s to say in that seminal piece of his. Has socialism failed? Obviously, he did a good critique of what had happened there. But of course, because he was a committed communist, couldn't simply say everything else was wrong. Said, let's do something else. The problem was democracy. The problem was not being democracy. But I think the problem was more than that. Corruption was also one of the biggest things. And if you look at a communist party committed to socialism, should really be worried that resources that should be going to the poor are going into, into, into the pockets of rich. And, and because they don't know where they are, 
They can't even say, Cyril, own up, tell us the truth. We will either defend you or you must uh, move. They say, no, no, let's look at um, what's his name, Fraser's background. But that's what we've always said about Absolutely. Zuma. Motive Absolutely. is important. Yeah. But it's not the it's not the most important yeah. thing. You know? I think that's absolutely spot on. But with all due respect to the brilliant legacy of even Joe Slovo, my own thesis, which is not new and I'm not the first to say it, is that the ANC has either intentionally or inadvertently been the beneficiary of an SACP that had allowed itself to be captured by the ANC. Because if we shift criteria to life in global geopolitics after the fall of the Berlin Wall, then we might say, let's be more pragmatic and ask a less theoretical question about socialism in theory and rather ask what worker gains are made when you are in relationship with the ANC as SACP. And if we ask that question, we are confronted with everything from Marikana to the reality that domestic workers, gardeners are exploited, service industry workers are exploited, income inequality, asset inequality, wealth inequality. I mean, it's, it's, you are still, as a black worker in this country in particular, just an input in the making of wealth that is distributed to a small and yana black elite and to white capital. That's what's great for the SACP. So whether we go back to the government of national unity or we look at Guedemantashe today in government and David Masondo, all of the communists in government have politically and legally signed up to neoliberal macroeconomic thinking. Well, uh, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with that. But I would make the following points that we tend to think the problems happened under Blade. When in fact, in reality, and it's something that I was trying to tease out, but you know, you know about 800 words to 900, you stretch to 1,000, but you have to bring it down. What I was really trying to tease was this. I think the SACP is a victim of the fact that in exile and in the underground, the best of the cream of the SACP were leaders of MK. They were also leaders of the SACP. They sat in the Politburo. Tabombeki chaired the Seventh Congress in Cuba that adopted the path to, to power, right? So all of those guys were there. When the ANC and SACP were unbanned, most of those people who regard themselves as theoretically much more clearer than the current uh, lot, allowed their membership to lapse. So whenever Blade says, no, but this is not socialism, they, Joel Nextende goes out to look at, um, you know, the two stages of the NDR. And he, he's a brilliant mind. He can be able to act. Sometimes he also knows that, look, here he's just pulling their leg. But they don't have enough of all of those to do that. Tabombeki <laughs> says to them, you guys don't understand. This is what Lenin did. If Lenin was alive today, this is what he would be doing and becomes difficult. So I don't think they got co-opted into 
is that most of their brilliant minds went. And then, of course, Chris Honey died, Joe Slovo died, and then everyone else look at these fellows and say, but what can Blade tell me, you know? He was still in his napkins when I was in the <laughs> USS, in, in, in the USSR. So, yes, they are a beneficiary, but I think it's also because the ANC uses slogans of Marxism, Leninism to move forward, which is how Zuma got um, uh, Blade and Vavi on board. He said to them, he said to them guys, these guys have betrayed socialism. You know, we once agreed about this thing in Vietnam. There's a green book. Once I'm in, you will see, we'll be in the ascendants. Of course, once he came in, he said, look, my name is Jacob Zuma. I'm more interested in the enrichment. And therefore, guys, see you next time. So that's a real problem. I don't think it's a problem of all of those. And then, of course, if you want an ANC to have a working class leadership, where are you going to get that working class leadership? You're going to get it in Kosato and the unions. You're going to get them in the Communist Party and all of that. Which is why an honesty that says, okay, Kosato can be independent and it can decide whatever it wants to do. But between the Communist Party and all of that, guys, let's just put our eggs in one box basket, work very hard on whatever we, de- we-, we define. And-, and just before you-, you-, you cut me off, you know, if you look at the Communist, if you look in Cuba, there was the Communist Party of Cuba. There was the Socialist Party of Cuba. They brought those together to say, look, there's no point in this one being there, that one being. And I really don't see any difficulty if the ANC and Kosatu wish to say, let's cut our losses. Let's go into a social democratic kind of party. Be honest about it. Move the country and work with it and go that way. And then Absolutely. you do away with one of them. Of course, the Communist, mm-hmm. communist Party will say, I've always wanted to liquidate the Communist well, Party. I mean, there's nothing communist about them if you look at the empirical track record. And also, as I said in a column of my own this morning on Times Live, and you said the same in yours. I saw that, there may yes. be a fear. There may be a fear from them that they won't get elect- any sort of real gains electorally if they were to go with their own. Which brings me to my last question. I'll give you two minutes for it. If we had to speculate what's driving the dishonesty as you read it as a columnist and as I read it as well. I wonder what you think drives it because there is enough brains in the SACP to recognize the dangers of being part of a government where the principle of collective cabinet responsibility demands that you own ANC policies as a matter of constitutionalism and they must be profoundly aware that the material conditions of workers, not to mention the indigent who are not even working, haven't changed much over the last couple of decades in the country. And yet they persist in this relationship where there aren't clear gains. Is it because the SACP members who were critiquing those that had their memberships lapsed have themselves become careerists? Or do you think there is a sincere conviction that it's better to be in a complicated relationship than to go alone? Well, they may, you know, there may be somewhere in there simply because they think uh, there's something personal to be able to gain about them. But I think there are people in there who genuinely worry that, look, if this is the ANC that we have today, 
And this is the kind of policies it have with Blade, with Mandashi, with Halema and all of those. They shudder to think what would happen if you didn't have those kind of people and you therefore say, rather they stay in, which like I said to you at the beginning, it's not a problem for me. You just need to be honest about it and say, guys, we have reached a stage where we will become, um, you know, a conscious voice in the ANC. But the key thing is to go into the ANC, build it, make it stronger. And if it is possible, grasp to, 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 to shift it to the left, to rather do that. And then we will see about what happens going into the future. In that way, you're honest. But I don't think everyone is there in it for themselves. I think they do genuinely fear that, look, if 20 or so of them who are there in the cabinet were to leave, there are many 20 other people who are dishonest, who will come in, who will take over. Same way that uh, I'm sure many of them know that, look, Cyril is dead in the water. But they, they fear to say, we have not built something to take over, therefore... Let's stick in. Mr. Shalowa, we're going to leave it there. I absolutely love reading your column regularly. I hope that my listeners do the same. Um, the SACP, an independent force of the left or ANC parasite. You can Google that. You'll also see the link that I will have in the write-up for this conversation. And this is someone who's not just a commentator theoretically, but who understands both the strategic tensions in that alliance relationship and also the challenges of government as well. Thanks so much for coming on the platform. Thanks, uh, Eusebius. You're very kind.